0: We were listening to episode one, Advertising the Significance of Intertextuality. I'm here with a very special guest. He is an actor, director, and screenwriter. Amir Khan, How are you today?
1: I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, no worries. Yeah. Thank you. How are you
0: doing? How's um how's quarantine been for you?
1: It's not been bad to be fair. I don't feel like it's been much different to be honest with you, I've just been mostly home and um, yeah, just been watching stuff and writing stuff and it's been fun and productive to be fair.
0: That's good. So, so obviously with today's episode, uh, we're discussing
1: the importance of intertextuality. I am working on writing a feature film that I have already written, but it needs a lot of work, a lot of tweaking still. So it's still it's like a working document basically. Yeah. As we are talking about intertextuality, there is a lot of references to Tootsie, which was in the 1980s, and you know, uh, East is East and sort of like that sort of feel. Um, so yeah, there's um, it's definitely something that I'm hoping will you know get. Um, get produced at some point but yeah we'll see I guess to be honest but yeah still in the right yeah.
0: and no I feel like that's definitely very important and significant to be obviously discussing like different storylines especially right now in current climate and kind of showing um, diff- um different ethnicities on the screen so people have different role models to look to I think that's very important agreed So, it does my next question. Uh, Why do you think intertextuality is important?
1: Oh, I think it's important because it's a reference to uh, another person's work. So, uh, let's just break it down a bit. So, there's two types of intertextualities, unless I'm mistaken, there's more. But uh, the main two that I am aware of are indirect and direct. So, if we're saying indirect, that would be like... um, Every producer, like, unavoidably is going to be, like, inspired or a director is going to be inspired by something they've seen or known. And without realizing it, that's going to seep into their work. Not intentionally, but subconsciously. It will seep into their work because we are exposed to so much media, so many things on a day-to-day basis, and we're going to take things in without realizing and add it into our work, incorporate yeah, it with it, right? So if we look at something like Star Wars in 1977 and we look at the opening, we can see that it is very reminiscent or exactly identical in a way uh, to Flash Gordon's 1936 opening. And um, even though it's not directly referencing it, there's a clear, clear inspiration behind it. And, um, And these sort of things go on for in everything whether it's movies or music or art or literature whatever it is it is there and it's not something most people are aware of I feel like we just use it as references but no one not many people know of the term intertextuality by itself that's something we coined, we learnt in like media studies with yes media and stuff. yes and, yes um, it's it's a good topic to really discuss and make people more aware of um, the second form of intertextuality is direct or deliberate intertextuality. Now, this is something um, that, is, that the writer, director, producer, or actor, or whoever it is, um, is 100% aware of what they're inspired by. So if we take, for example, uh, Madonna and we look at her music video, Material Girl, which came out in the 1980s, we can see that the entire setting is identical to uh, the 1953 movie, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which starred Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell. And that entire movie was focused on uh, Marilyn Monroe's character, Lorelei Lee, who was basically a gold digger after diamonds, after money and all those aspects. And how Madonna uses it is that she uses that very style and uh, the very same setting from Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And she, um, her song's called Material Girl, and she uses mm-hmm. it that everyone else describes her as a material girl but um how she subverts it is that in the end when someone's off in the beginning when someone's sorry in the beginning when someone's offering her diamonds someone bought her a necklace she's she's very passive or like "Mm, okay yeah cool he just bought me diamonds it's pretty though but i don't really want it and you can see that what she really wants is someone more down to earth which Mm -hmm. in the end we see because someone buys her flowers and she accepts that over a diamond and the guy who's actually about to give her a diamond is after he hears what she says, he throws the diamonds into the bin. So he knows that money cannot reach he cannot chase money before her. You know, he can't give diamonds to her, can't give money to her. That's not going to impress her. So what he needs to do is be more down to earth because that's what she's looking for. So we see how she kind of subverts it, but uses it to her own agency. And she uses Marilyn Monroe throughout her career in the early part of her career, at least. Like we see in Who's That Girl, I mean. Or loads of other aspects that she uses, even the style of like the platinum blonde and everything. So, you know, those are two uh, examples that we can give, but obviously there are so many. And, uh... Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no, I feel like that's very interesting because I think many people wouldn't associate a Marilyn Monroe in that way mm. of the like how much and um, significance that she actually has and how much she's influenced pop culture. And even through things that we see, obviously with Lady Gaga, and the list goes on. you know what I mean? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, the definition, just the basic uh, definition of intertextuality. Um, mm-hmm. So, I've got intertextuality is the shaping of the texts, meaning by other texts. It is the interconnection between similar related works. So an example of this, if no one doesn't know, um, would be a Family Guy. It would be The Simpsons, and also um scary movie films as well. They do that a lot. And I can obviously break it down even more. Um, the Simpsons um referring to Star Wars in an episode. So it's a kind of poking humour, poking fun at obviously Star Wars but then it's in the Simpsons like that's a form of intertextuality if anyone doesn't know mm-hmm. so yeah um and moving on to like key advertising um campaigns like what type of examples like obviously I know that you've mentioned about Marilyn Monroe like what other examples are you interested in in terms of like when you look at their work they're like oh wow like this is so significant like this is so important
1: um I think like, if you look at someone like James Dean, who was in the fifties, he died so young at the age of 24 in a car crash. And you know, his entire aspect or um, his early work was, well, he only made like three movies, but it solidified him as an actor. And, um, and, and as an icon as well in that process and a sex symbol. But if we look at him, he's, he's still just as relevant today as he was back then in the 50s and as, a, as and as the decades have progressed since then um and we see that it's because he was focusing quite on like teenage angst and rebellion and we want an audience we need a demographic someone to appeal to but obviously you're appealing to the younger generation and yeah i think that's literally what his what his work or his personality uh, embodied and um we can see that so many artists within music, for example, or movies or fashion or whatever it is, have always referenced him. So if we think about songs like Blue Jeans by Lana Del Rey or Taylor Swift's Style or Lady Gaga's Speechless, we see James Dean being referenced still to this day. And because, you know, that there's a darkness about him. There was something foreboding about him, but there was something still, you know, um, tragically, you know, it draws us in. That there was that aspect of him you know there used to be this quote like live fast die young and leave leave behind a good looking corpse and that's what he basically represented because we will never see him aged we will always see him that young handsome beautiful full of life full of promise we will never see him age ever again he's forever in our minds as james dean 24 forever that's never going to change and you know that very aspect of him being so, like, beautiful and handsome and everything, that is what we associate when we're like, oh, he's got that James Dean look. There's something flirty about him. There's something iconic about him. There's something, you know, draws you in and stuff. So we still use those references very much in popular culture today. And, um, yeah, basically. Or mm-hmm. if not James Dean, we can look mm-hmm. at Bowie. We can mm-hmm. look at he's had because it's mm-hmm. huge. Now, mm-hmm. you're thinking... In a time of, you know, the 70s and the things he was doing were really like avant-garde, couture, really out there pushing the boundaries of what was socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has impacted so many people and so many artists today that, for example, if we look at Gaga, for example, Lady Gaga, and we look at how she used the Aladdin, sane alter ego, but embodied it in her own way. Like she had the lightning bolt. You remember? Yes, show, I do. I do completely
0: yeah completely like even
1: with um especially
0: in that time, it was so early on that nobody just saw like obviously when someone was listening to her music and saw her her art, like they're just seeing like this electric thing, but like they didn't make the association, so no. it's like so when I think about Bowie, I think about lady Gaga and and obviously how she's always made him very um relevant obviously within her music and how significant that is today. And Mm -hmm. just the impact of, like, I know that, that, like, there's a quote of, like, sometimes you have to go back to move forward. And I feel Mm -hmm. like when you go back now, so when you watch, obviously, different films, as you've been quoting, and then when you look through music and look through even, like, documentaries and even film styles, like, when you go back, now you see the connections that maybe that might have, like, obviously slipped over your mind because, obviously, like, you don't know, do you? So I think it's so powerful, like, how people are navigating through obviously life and also through obviously advertising and social media now mm-hmm. like, there's all these different like references like blended references and how it's so significant today and it's just kind of like going over your head because it's yeah. like you don't obviously know about the past so
1: it's true like you yeah. know we even see it with like grace jones yes you know, oh, you know she's huge her. she's amazing like you know, The whole thing with, like, the the wine with the drink pouring out. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen that being redone? Where does that come from? It comes from her. She's iconic that she created those, like, you know, that image, that sort of, like, look and the feel of everything. She was so ahead of her time. Really, and she still is. Yeah.
0: Is that the one that, um, is it the one that Kim Kardashian redid? Yeah. Is that one, isn't it? I thought so. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing that's actually amazing yeah. you know and then it and then i suppose it takes the conversation further in terms of where does those references come from
1: oh yeah do
0: you know
1: 100 like where?
0: yeah like where does it actually come from from obviously when you see something like that like who came up with that like well okay. like where did the idea
1: come from I mean, there is a saying now that nothing is unique anymore. Like, yeah. everything is always borrowed now. There's nothing that was, that is original because it's always going to have some sort of, like, link to something else. Like, yeah. there's never an original idea. It's always yeah. going to be inspired by something else to how would yeah. have moved that forward, pushed that forward, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, yeah, like... You know, like we were talking about Gaga and how she uses the Aladdin Sane bolt. And she uses it not just in her makeup. She uses it in her, you know, in her attire and apparels. I and mean, you see it so so much used in her work. And she's been talking about Bowie for a very long time. And I feel like, like you said, it's it's crazy that we didn't make those references or many people didn't make those references because no one really saw her as the artist back then. People just saw her as, like, attention-grabbing and or that's it. Um, but I, I think, you know, even when we take that into consideration, she was quite attention-directing, you know? And, um, yeah, this whole aspect of her, her look and attire and focusing on art, and we see so much Warhol in her work, as well as Bowie yes. and so many other artists. If she was compared to Madonna a lot. Yeah. She was even compared to Gwen Stefani a lot. Yes. And... You know, you know what I'm saying? There's always references in your work, wherever you go. You know, nothing is like authentic, original anymore. Yeah,
0: that's a very interesting point. Because it makes you think like, where do you get inspiration from to Mm. create new ideas? True. True. Very interesting. Um, in terms of, so bringing it back to um, obviously digital marketing perspective on more my side, mm-hmm. obviously the, like, you've been discussing more on the film side of things mm-hmm. and obviously with music as well. Um, in terms of like other advertising campaigns that I found like really interesting, um, it's the recent Just Eat app uh, with Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. I, d- I literally, like this came up on my screen, The in tight ty- like in terms of like when the advert actually came on, it was after Gogglebox. I don't want to plug in Gogglebox, but I love yeah. Box. Hey, how you doing, Gogglebox? <laughs> and then it was the first, uh, the first um, advertising break and it played straight after. And me and my partner were in bed and we were just like, oh my gosh, and it's with Snoop Dogg. And the... The advert was so cool, it was so on time, especially with everything that is going on. It's so relevant, it's connecting to a younger audience and, you know, a younger demographic. It's so hip and I feel like there's a level of a um, humour in it where a lot of people can laugh and, you know, and Mm -hmm. I feel like it was perfect and I feel like a lot of people obviously could connect with that and I just think it was just amazing. I wish I came up with it myself. Do you
1: know what I mean? Yeah. As well as that, do you remember, like, the IKEA advert by the Christmas one in 2019? Oh, my God. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? That was, that
0: advert, um, it's with, um, so it's with the Grime one. It's with the toys. It's, like, with the speaking toys Mm -hmm. and with the family. And it's got um, DEE in it. Right. Amazing advert. The timing, obviously, for a Christmas advert, so good. Obviously, D W as a grime artist, if obviously everyone knows, he's amazing in what he does. Like, oh, yeah. he's a G in his field and he will remain a G. He is a GOAT, one of the GOATs, I will say. Oh, yeah. And uh, I love the humor of the advert. I love the references, obviously, with, um, with the Toy Story as well. I just thought it was just so... Like, whoever came up with the idea was so on point. Yeah. And especially over Christmas as well, because Christmas is becoming more diverse. Like, I feel like mm. Christmas as a holiday is evolving, and I think, feel like everyone celebrates it in a different way. And I feel yeah. like that really, uh, uh, like, it really captured that in that advert. And then I remember when I first saw it... I was in shock and I was like, oh my gosh, like, who came up yeah. with this? Like, this is so on point. This is so on trend. Like, it's just so original, you yeah. know? And it's amazing how a brand like Ikea and a brand and with, um, obviously, with the grime artist with DWA, how the two factors can blend together and work oh, yeah. so well, you know?
1: And not to mention the... Um... The Toy Story reference as well yes, with the Toy yeah. story to Life, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, another person, obviously we've just mentioned her, which is Lady Gaga. Oh yeah. I thought obviously because how how I associate with Lady Gaga, I always think of her in a obviously music sense. But obviously when she did the film. Um, a star is born and she did the soundtrack obviously to um to star is born and she did obviously that famous hit shallow i just thought that <laughs> yeah. was so interesting to see her transition in terms of music to the blend of um of an actress because i yeah. remember when i think it was the oscars no it was oscars I think it was golden globes or something like that anyway she went on stage mm-hmm. and she said that i wanted to be an actress first before she wanted to be a singer yes. and i thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. She has spoken about wanting to go into acting for a very long time, even in the early part of her career when she just began. But I feel like her focus was more on music at that moment and uh, her image and her fans and stuff. And I feel like she wanted to go into into movies. So it was unavoidable. You know, it was gonna inevitable. It was going to happen at some point regardless. But yeah, no, there's um there's a huge change in her starting out and seeing her as an um uh, as now as an actor she spoke so much about guys and dolls in her um in her um in her interviews and stuff I remember and she's speaking about how she's always had this dream that she got um the role of Adelaide um and she would just just used to cry to her dad like one time because she got the part because she wore a wig she wore a blonde wig and um, she would cry to Dad, like, Daddy, I'm so good. And he's like, you're not going. You're a bad kid or something. And um, she's like, yeah, so good, Daddy, please. <laughs> and she would always talk about it. And she was like, "It's even now, she still says that she has those dreams where she gets that role. And it's just that, it's just that one um, play, you know, uh, Guys and Dolls. Yeah. And just... I remember watching it because
0: I didn't watch it straight away. I watched it probably a year after. I know, it's a bit late, but I did watch it. I watched it. And like when I watched it, I was so incaptivated because I forgot it was her. Oh yeah. I actually forgot it was, I forgot it was her. Like she is an amazing uh, actress. And I was there, like, I was like, who's Lady Gaga? Like, who's this, like, who's this? Like, this is a yeah. completely different person. And then obviously when I watched the film and then obviously um, beforehand, it won all these different awards. I could understand why it got so many different awards because it was such a very like, it was such a simple story, but the way it was told, it was so powerful. And it just resonated with me. And the music as well, like when you think about obviously the soundtrack and the imagery and also uh, the costume as well, like everything was planned out to a T, like how they wanted to convey the film. And I'm not surprised, like obviously it, it, it won, so many different awards and it, you know, did like so well because oh yeah. It was just so so powerful and it's so moving as well. Even when I watched um it was Queen not Queen, and the Freddie Mercury um story as oh, well but he, and Rhapsody, he, yeah when I watched that. And um I've always known about Queen I know about Freddie Mercury as well but like when I sat down and actually watched it and took it in I would, and and the main actor who actually played him um he, oh, he yeah, he really he really incaptivated him. Like he it's like he literally studied him. And you can right, see yeah. when, yeah, like you can see when an actor has properly done their homework and have properly done their research because it's like a part of them is just taking over them and they're oh, just yeah. in the moment, they're embracing this person and then they're conveying that on screen. And I, can't, I couldn't even imagine how, um, how draining that is, like afterwards, like oh, emotionally yeah. draining. And I really commend like actors like yourself who really throw themselves into the deep end, especially with very deep and powerful moving stories and they're conveying mm. that to a wide audience, obviously to make oh, us yeah. feel as a viewer. It's so powerful.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like when you watch some of the Live 8 performances and you look at um, Freddie Mercury's like um, mannerisms and, st- and all and the style of the way he talks and stuff, like Robbie Mullock perfectly incorporated, embodied Freddie Mercury to the T. Unavoidable. And he deserved the award that he got, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he and, did um, I mean, yeah, because definitely. I
0: know him. I know him through Twilight, and that sounds quite mad. <laughs> I I remember in Twilight. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, he was. He's yeah. the one that can Then something to his will or something. I remember yeah, the, like the, it wasn't was the weird. weather or the.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah he was a weird one, but um, I remember him in there. So seeing the transition that he's been on from from Twilight, obviously. obviously Did you know I he was in
1: the, the night night of the museum to, the Night of the museum as well.
0: Obviously in that as well.
1: Yeah. So there you
0: go, like, seeing the transition of, obviously, the journey that he's been on as an actor.
1: And that, it, too, it like, from an that. Egyptian background as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's huge. Like, especially yeah. for him. Like, I mean, I- I'm sure he spoke about the fact that he lived in a closet at some point. Wow. And he didn't have, like, he was just hoping that at some point he'll get a role or something. Or he'll get a... I'm not entirely too familiar with it because I can't remember exactly. But he said something along those lines that I read. Really t- I really thought to myself, like, damn, like, there's so much, like, you know, hope and hoping you're in the right place and so much, so much to do and so much faith in yourself that you've got to have that no matter, despite all the adversity that's against you, you still have to fight through the grain to get what you want.
0: Wow. You know? That's so yeah. powerful.
1: It's, yeah.
0: it's so powerful, especially, like, obviously, when you um, think about the intertextual references as well that is actually embedded within films have different adverts and it's just yeah. yeah it's just it's amazing like it baffles my mind every time i think about it and i'm like wow and i feel like maybe if everyone um obviously with like obviously if you watch like a lady gaga a music video for example if you actually oh, yeah. watch the video and actually analyze it and actually write down any type of references that you obviously can oh, yeah. um, relate to i'm sure you'll come up with a very long list <laughs> oh, well, always yeah. hear to
1: like um it took touching and gaga again like ages do you remember before she, before a star is born she came in um american horror story season five
0: Oh, yes, yes,
1: I yes, yes. And in that, what was interesting is, because I actually I actually started watching that season first. Yeah. yeah there's no specific order, because it's not in a systematic way where you have to watch yeah. it from season one all the way. So, yeah. yeah, however you choose to watch it. So I started with season five, which is called Hotel. And in that, Gaga is a vampire. But there is a reference that not many people uh, would probably be aware of in the modern day. Uh, but in that in that show... Um, Gaga is a vampire basically And um, She's in the show that She's from the 20s or something along I think she's in the like 1920s at least we see, a, we see a flashback to that moment And we hear about the death of Rudolph Valentino who was a huge Silent movie star um, Which even Marilyn Monroe referenced And said that the year Valentino died was the year she was Born and she believed that she was The reincarnation of Rudolph Valentino
0: Oh my gosh, that is so powerful.
1: Right? So, um, yeah, and then basically um, they use Valentina as a way to so she thinks that Valentino died, but it turns out Valentino was also a vampire and that he has survived it. It's such an intriguing way to just change, change the past put your own kind of like spin on it. And it's intriguing because what Rudolph Valentino embodied at that time were like, people were collecting his cigar butts and everything, like his cigarette butts and everything from the streets. Like people were crazy for him. And he died so young as well. Like it was only 1926 when he died, you know? Um, So, you know, he left, and he was, you know, a lot of people were against him because he was using makeup. And people were saying, like, you know, um, homophobic words towards him, even though he had a wife and everything, but uh, just because he used makeup. And then we look at someone like Bowie now, who's, you know, uh, know, applauded for it. And now we see so many male artists who use um, makeup and stuff. But we look back at the 1920s, where people were, like, almost, like treated like crap for wearing makeup. What, is he a sissy? Is he this? Is he this? You know, people had a thousand things to say because anyone who questioned society or was controversial in any way, people always picked up. So, wow. you know, we see the huge like change and he had a huge impact on pop culture. I mean, I don't see him being referenced a lot, but I have started to see some references of him coming up now, which is intriguing to me. Which is intriguing to me. Like what? Like, please share. i love to know. Um, he's definitely been mentioned, obviously, in, um, what did I just say? Bruno Valentino has been mentioned in, um, oh my God, American Horror Story, right? Yeah. Um, I have seen him in, like, something else. I've I've definitely, I can't think at the top of my head right now, but I have heard his name pop up in, like, movies and stuff, definitely, or shows, definitely, he has been referenced for sure. Yeah. Um, but if there's something that comes to me, I will definitely get back to you on that, because mm-hmm. it's not in my mind right now, but I have mm-hmm. definitely heard mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. In mm-hmm. yeah.
0: um, Terms of the future, because obviously we talk about the past, the present, oh, and now yeah. the future. What do you think the impact of intertextuality and
1: for the future? Well, it's ongoing. I don't think it's oh, no. ever going to stop. I know, oh, isn't it? It can never stop. It's always Uh going to be there, you know? Um, Wow, I'm actually kind of, uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's just going to be ongoing, isn't it? Um, I think there will always be references. Maybe, you know, people will make references to... um, Hmm... I don't know. Interesting one. I think people will definitely continue to make references maybe to the 80s or the 90s or even in like 100 years time, people will still look back. I mean, do you remember that time when Madonna did the 1990s uh, performance and she was dressed in like Edwardian clothes? Was it Edwardian or Georgian clothes? And she had these like big wig on and stuff and she performed in the entire... That too was a a reference to And she was vogue, but she she lip-synced it yeah but it wasn't like a hidden secret like she was obviously lip-syncing it yeah but yeah it was all about you know the show and stuff so yes i think obviously that um the intertextuality will forever continue it will never stop it will leave in it's always left an impact it will always leave an impact we might be seeing traits of new artists new singers new, new people from the past that maybe we don't use right now maybe they will come up maybe someone else was such three four hundred years back and maybe they'll be referenced in some way you know it's always being done anyways but it will continue yeah. to be done you know yeah maybe yeah. there might be a reference more to modern day people maybe someone who's passed away now that we don't see as huge but maybe in time they will represent something huge
0: that is very that powerful the right reference. there yeah that yeah. is extremely powerful by like what you just said there and i think that's the power of creativity and just oh, yeah. like if you don't know then you don't know and i feel oh, yeah. like when people come together, obviously like ourselves, right now, just having the conversation mm-hmm. makes people aware, and I feel like awareness can go so far and I feel like obviously, just as you said as well, like with the future of intersexuality, it is ongoing because life is constantly evolving, even with now obviously with quarantine and lockdown, like people yeah. are, are, are you know they're going to be making films about this or or making a series about this, like later on in the future, so I feel like it's it's a, um, you know, people take inspiration out of anything and obviously, oh, yeah. you know, they make lemons out of lemonade or make, lemon, they make lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, yeah. I feel like with um, some people as well, like, as we get older and mm-hmm. as the younger generation, as they get older, I just hope that they um, really appreciate the people who have sacrificed um, a, lot. a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work. Made it easier you know, yeah, pathways for other yes, people. Yeah, you know? I really hope that. I really hope that. In terms of that as well, just speaking on that, obviously social media has such a huge impact now. Everything is on our phone, everything is digital as we know right now because yes, we're talking on 100%. Zoom. So like, you know, what do you think you know how that will have an impact on things in terms of
1: my like, intersexuality? I mean, I think it'll pretty much be the same, really, wouldn't you say? I mean, like, it will always, like, like we said, it's ongoing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're we're being repetitive now. But, um, yeah, like even social media wise like even if we see pictures or you know films or whatever if it's just like who knows maybe you know like the way tiktok is being used now to um make like you know people do like miming or whatever it is or references to something and then make their own turn their own arc or whatever it is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um if that even makes sense (laughs) um no it does but yeah like i i just think like whether now that it's digital and stuff like people have more accessibility to things for sure. People should be now more aware because before, I suppose, like, if it's music channels or movies or whatever, you'd have to click on the channel or you'd have to go rent the movie or buy the movie. But now it's literally at our fingertips. Yeah. Like, it's unavoidable. That's what yeah. it is. It's unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everything is in our hands now. And, yeah. you know, when, when, I, when I think about intersexuality as, like, you know, my thoughts and stuff, I think, like, the first person to help me see other artists was Gaga. Like when I first saw her and I wanted to I was one of those people who was like, what is that lightning bolt? Where does that come from? Where is the style from? And then I heard about Madonna, and then I heard about Bowie, and then I heard about Freddie Mercury, and then I heard about Grace Jones. And then when I started listening to those artists and paying attention to their message and what they had to say or their fashion or whatever, then from them I found other artists, and from them I found other artists and other artists and other artists. And here I am now in a in a web of artists everywhere. And that's that's just life. So I hope that for the future that people will continue to question and not just see things at face value but also explore and question wait where is that coming from what is the reference that to for example do you remember ariana grande's video yes. to thank you thank next? you next yes and that there is just so many reference to mean girls and um on. on yeah right? on. yes yes exactly yes. and like to a younger generation who have not seen that yes like they would be like what is that like they probably wouldn't even think anything of it yeah they'd be like oh yeah she just made that up but to our generation we're aware and understand those references because we've been exposed to it and we would there, to live through those yeah. times those movies and stuff yeah. but obviously they wouldn't but my hope is that for the future for the younger generation especially is that they would like look back at these videos and like huh what where does that come from where is the reference to that like i want to watch that movie now just because she's done that movie or whatever or that guy's done that show or he's done it like this like that's the way I was so I hope that that sort of thinking is constantly like um, in other people's heads too that's what I
0: yeah.
1: hope yeah even with Ariana Grande like I love mm. her
0: like she's literally like a guilty pleasure for me like I, I love oh, her yeah. <laughs> I just think she's so dope like, I just, like even how she represents herself like obviously how she dresses how she portrays herself Thank yeah. you next was like when I watched that, I wasn't awe. I was like, oh my gosh, mean girls, oh my gosh, bring it on and right. legally blonde. Like I was like, wow, like wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It made me wanna, as you said, it made me want to rewatch the movies. And even with Mean Girls, I have a very soft spot mm-hmm. for Mean Girls. I know all the words. Oh yeah,
1: same.
0: I can watch it, rewatch it and not get bored. I could
1: just watch Oh it say it's it's just iconic that you never get bored yeah. of think. It's of just course. funny. Yeah. You know, every time you hear <laughs> you hear those lines like, you know why a hair is so big is full of secrets? You still laugh <laughs> even though it's 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 just like so stupid. <laughs> you know. But like touching Ariana, like even her her music video, God is a woman. Yes. And we see the images or visuals within that. Like, we can clearly see that they are references to gods or aspects of art. Um, For example, like Sistine Chapel at the end, where it's all men and they're touching God. But this time, what she does is she subverts it and makes it women instead of, like, men. And what a clever spin. Like she's using it not to say that God is not, not literally saying God is a woman, but in maybe in a way, like, you know, we can have the same sort of divinity within ourselves as well as women, or, you know, in that kind of way, like it's never gone, like, it's just not man's thing. You know, like it's about being true to who you are and finding your own divinity within yourself, finding your own inner goddess, let's just put it like that. You know, I feel like that's what Ariana was referencing. Like when we see so many things like her being in those poses and even though they're far more sexualized, but obviously, I'm guessing commercial value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sales. You know... As I learned in my advertising module. Um, yeah, exactly.
0: It's, it sells. It's, it
1: sells. <laughs> you know, there's no lie. It's yeah. clever marketing.
0: Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like as well with um Ariana Grande that she has a well, ultimately she has a younger target demographic. So people look mm. up to her. So I suppose. It's kind of like a double edged sword, really, because it's like you're portraying yourself in that way, Mm -hmm. and then you know that you've got younger audiences, yeah, obviously looking up to you. So you have to be careful in terms of obviously what you're, well, you know, like how you're representing yourself, especially if you're gonna, you know, sexualize and all these different things, do these moves and things like that, because people are just gonna copy.
1: No, exactly. No, 100% agree. People are very impressionable, especially the younger generation, obviously, it's a given. But yeah, no, 100%. So yeah. Do you see anything else for the impact of intersexuality in the future that you wanted to add?
0: (sighs) I feel like from a... I just, as you said, I really hope that people be proactive. I think that's... I always love the um, word... Proactive because I hope people be proactive in terms of like when they, you know, when they like a favorite movie or like a favorite song or a favorite artist. I hope that they dig deeper. Because oh yeah, there's always a, a reference. Uh, you know, you know, like there's always a reference, and uh, I just hope people make that connection. Uh, and I feel like as well, especially within the line uh, within the um, black community, especially with the music and R and B. Like that's that is big. And especially when you're seeing, like people like Summer Walker, for example, like I love her music, like she's so cool. But but like especially the song that she did where she featured Usher, uh, I can't remember what song it was, but she featured um Usher. One of Usher's songs obviously within her song. And I was just like, Wow, the power of relevance, you know? Like the power of of having someone who's so iconic, like obviously for his music, and then someone of our of well of a younger generation referencing mm. his mu- uh, his music into her music. Like, that is powerful, man.
1: 100%.
0: You know? And I hope people look back and be like, oh, who's Usha? Who's this? Like, obviously, younger. Yeah, I yeah. No, 100%. I hope they would look back and be like, wow, okay, so this is all where this, you know, oh, I get it now. I get it, you know? Mm. I really hope that people would be proactive and they... You know they do their research because it's all around you even with and especially more so with social media as well because everything is getting faster everything is more accessible everything is just it's at the palm of your fingertips and I and I really hope that people yeah. um make that connection especially with TikTok like TikTok as an app especially yeah. how you use it and then you can link like songs and stuff in there. Very powerful marketing tool, I will I will oh, yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very powerful. Especially for artists as well. Like if you're like an upcoming music artist, like and if you know how to tap into the right audience and you know how yeah. to kind of tailor your content on there, it honestly it can work really well for you on there. I can you know? Yeah. Really? Because I know that with TikTok like it appeals to a younger well, it more so appeals to a younger demographic, but I always say, especially um, for my clients and stuff, I always mention, like, of, you know, if you're going to be using social media, it's how you use it. It's how you use it. It's, it's, it's a tool. Like, each tool is used differently. So it's, how, so it's how you tailor your content on each platform and how you engage with your audience and then how you grow from that as well. And I feel like that's really powerful.
1: Yeah. It really is. You know,
0: even for
1: yourself as well. Like, are you on social media? I am. I use social media every day. I mean, yeah. I try to cut down on using social media now, yeah. so I do not use it as much. I've even put my phone on like mute now, so I don't actually get notifications until I actually open the app itself because yeah. I feel like it takes too much of your day away. Yeah. But yeah, no, but as soon as I do, like, I follow so many pages and so many artists and celebs and stuff. So I definitely like... Keep up to date with that sort of like life and lifestyle, I suppose. Like, um, you know, being aware and things, you know. So, yeah, pop culture.
0: <laughs> pop culture. But, yeah, we definitely have to have you on again. Um, I know that we mentioned about another episode as well. So, yeah. everyone, stay tuned. If you want to um, tell anyone in terms of like any upcoming projects that you're doing and also your social networks as well, so people mm-hmm.
1: can connect with you. Yeah, uh, well, my um, Instagram is at the Amir Ali Khan. Um, uh, I don't really use Snapchat as much now. I've, I've kind of don't have. I don't have Twitter either, but I use Facebook. But I suppose that's just private, so we leave it at Instagram, and I think that's cool. I do also write poetry too, so I've got a poetry page called Fragment at Fragment Poems. So if you want to follow that, guys, take a look. If you're interested
0: for with any of our digital marketing and social marketing services, please contact us on imagecreativebhx.com or find a link down below.